guitar drips country I wish that line was mine It came from a conversation A country legend left behind We've all heard songs about our heroes How they've all stood proud and tall Yes, I like Merle and I like George And a guy named Supernova A Texas guy who loves country music He sang his songs from the heart Kept his fans in the palm of his hands He mentioned a place called Reno Lady Love dealt him a bad hand But he found his way back to Texas Between the Red and the Rio Grande His country shows would draw thousands His career was flying high But life can change In an instant With no explanation Or reason why No one gets promised Tomorrow And we don't know What hand we'll draw Well you made us proud When you sang loud Thanks for the music Supernova. A Texas guy who loves country music. He sang his songs from the heart, kept his fans in the palm of his hands. He mentioned a place called Reno, where Lady Luck. Dealt him a bad hand But he found his way back to Texas Between the Red and the Rio Grande I'm glad he found his way back to Texas Between the Red and the Rio I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest tonight is someone that I have so much respect for and met him when we ran this show the first time, told him that he would go many, many great places, and it has come to fruition. The song, that the opening song tonight that we played was by this artist, Richard Lynch, and it's called Supermall, and we're going to talk about this song because it is very near and dear to his heart but first I want to introduce our listening audience to Richard he upholds the tradition set forth by artists like Merle Haggard, Strait, Jackson Jennings and other legends 
Richard has been flying the flag of this brand of country music for the past 30-plus years. Residing in Waynesville, Ohio, Richard not only sings about country music, he lives it. As the owner of Keeping It Country Farm with his wife, Donna, he knows the meaning of a hard day's work. It means getting up before the crack of dawn and going to bed at the crack of night. As the co-founder of the Love Tattoo Foundation, which assists with veterans programs, Richard understands the sacrifices of service, of our service men and women, and the importance of giving back to your community. In fact, his farm is host to fundraising benefits for the organization featuring some of the biggest names in traditional country music. He also cherishes his love and respect for, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, God, then family, and his fellow hardworking Americans. The words of his song speak to his values, values that his fans and lovers of country music everywhere hold dear. Over the past three decades, Richard Lynch has compiled a long list of country hits and chart toppers on both domestic and international sales and radio airplay charts, including two number one iTunes chart singles, multiple number one New Music Weekly radio songs, number one Indie World and Roots Music Report chart tracks, and a Christian Music Weekly Top 20 single. And ladies and gentlemen, this is another indie artist that we promote on this show. And for those of you who do not know it, we are now heard in 30-plus countries. We have almost 147,000 listeners, and Richard's songs are being heard all over the world. Richard, thank you, my dear, dear one, for spending an hour with me. I know you are a very, very busy man. Yvonne, what a blast. Thank you for having me back on. I've been looking forward to it for quite a while. And those wonderful words you spoke about me, I certainly appreciate all that. Well, you are welcome. Now, before we we really get into, as you know, this is off the chain, and we know this show's never unscripted. And you and I have had some really good conversations every time you've been on here. So I expect expect more tonight. I want to talk to you. We have. I want to talk about the opening song because when I read the the background on this song, it is dedicated to Doug Supernall, and people need to understand who he was and what he contributed to this industry. Well, Doug Supernall was a huge country music star in the early 1990s, and he had a lot of songs like... Um, you know, you don't call him daddy. Uh, he had a song called Red in the Rio Grande. He had a song called Reno. Um, just to mention a few. And the gentleman was an absolute wonder, wonderful person to be around. I, I, I got to know him. I got to, I got to do a show with him early in his career, which been, would have been like 1993. And and at the time, you know, we were both busy. He was busy, and I was fortunate enough to be booked on the same show. So we met then. We had a little brief conversation, and but Doug stuck with me. His his demeanor and his sincerity and the fact that he played real traditional country music really stuck with me. Well, life goes on, as we know, and 20 years go by. And I got to do another show with him again. He was uh, one of my guests on a show that I was doing. And we got reacquainted, and, and that friendship that we had uh, discovered 20 years earlier was indeed a, a real friendship. And we were, you know, talking again and got to be connected again. Our wives became friends. 
and we were actually going to do a country music cruise together. And uh, lo and behold, he was uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer. So he didn't get to do the cruise with me. He lasted about almost 11 months after his diagnosis. And one day I was listening to an interview that Doug had given, and I was just reflecting on all those wonderful memories that I had. And in this particular interview that Doug was given with a radio station, he mentioned to this interviewer that his guitar drips country. In other words, Doug's guitar drips country. And I remember him telling me that all those years ago. And that just that little line stuck with me, and I sat down, and I, I put my heart into how I felt about Doug and his music. And uh, I got in the studio and recorded it, and as uh, luck would have it, our dear friend Doug got to hear that song and that recording um, about two weeks before he passed. So, yes, the song has done well for me, but the most significant part of that whole story is the fact that Doug got to hear it, and he knew exactly how I felt about him. Hey, you just gave me chill bumps. <laughs> because- and and the reason is because you and I talked about this before. Song lyrics are poetry set to music. In true, anybody can sing a song, whether they sing off key or they sing within key, or or whether they don't sing in any key. But it. In order for it to have depth and meaning, it has to come from the heart. And we all know artists that just belt out and sing songs that somebody else throws at them and says, here, you might like this. But to sit down and and write something that comes that deeply in the heart, it comes through in that song. Well, thank you, Yvonne. Uh, I I think we talked a little bit off air how how, uh, country music needs to have a little more emotion in uh you know in it today and um i i i do try and i i want to put all the heartfelt emotion that i can in my music you know therefore it becomes real and anytime you hear a real song that's with real emotion ultimately it's going to connect with that listener and um you know i've been fortunate i've been blessed to have the ability to to write songs and and kind of relearn my writing craft I, I think I'm getting better as I get older um, but I've surrounded myself with people that you know that that just really love and have a passion for that traditional country music and I just want to I just want to you know bestow something sincere in my music you know and not all my music is sincere but you know we have fun with some stuff some beer drinking honky talking songs I, I like doing them too but when it's time to be sincere and heartfelt I, I want to be able to pull that raw emotion out with my music. I love it. And I know I I can feel it. You've got questions, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, Ian Bush, I know he has questions. Yeah, no, and actually he kind of hit one of my questions already. What was the difference between traditional and um, what the country music is today? But, um, you know, you already kind of covered that really well, so I, I appreciate you going into detail about that. So I guess my second question is, what's the most fulfilling thing that um, traditional country music gave to you? Well, I, I grew up in a in a country music household. And by the way, Ian, thanks for talking with me. It's great to meet you, my friend. Um, I grew up in a too. country music you. household. My, my dad was an incredible singer, entertainer. And uh, 
at the ripe old age of eight years old, I got to see my dad perform with a a gentleman who I watch on t- who I watched at that time on television. And here I am thinking, boy, my dad was really, really he must be incredibly good because I'm watching him perform with this guy I watch on TV. So at the ripe old age of eight, here I am watching my my dad perform, and I'm sitting in the audience with my mother. And unbeknownst to me, he pointed down to my mom and said, Linda, which is my mother's name, send Richard up here on the stage. I'm going to have him sing one with me. So I was, like, blown away. I run up on the stage, and I I did an old Buck Owens song. I got a tiger by the tail. And as you might imagine, an eight-year-old kid singing with his dad, and his dad is a pretty affluent and uh, pretty amazing talent, the crowd was pretty responsive. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I can still remember that crowd and how I felt that at that particular moment. And I knew right then and there that country music was going to be a part of my life. I didn't think, I didn't necessarily know how much, but I knew I was going to pursue and 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 fulfill all my part in playing traditional country music from that very moment. Well, and it's kind of cool that you say that too, because like, doesn't everybody kind of remember their first time? very viscerally what happened when their first time occurred. I mean, I think Yvonne can say that too. Yvonne, do you remember the first time that you found out that you were going to be published? Because I still remember my first time. I, I, well, since I did my own work, yeah, I remember it very well. I also remember the first disappointment. But the biggest impact was the first time that we did the TV show. That was interesting. Was, I that, think was that on Discovery, or was that on – what 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 TV show was that one for the first That season? was on ID Channel. Yep, ID. There you go. Yep. I was going to say, because you did one on ID, and you did one on Discovery, right? And you did one on um, um, Investigation ID as well, correct? Yeah, that was – yeah, that was it. That was Investigation okay. Channel, yeah, gotcha. whatever it's called. Sorry, Mr. Lynch. I didn't mean to take take the uh, spotlight off you for a <laughs> minute. I was just – I was trying to go through my I brain just, of, of – what Yvonne and I have gone through and but what, right. what was yours I think or, the most significant was the fact that I was so young I, I I'm just equating that memory because a lot of people can get their first time at 20 or 30 but when you're eight years old that's quite significant and I think no and I agree I, I, I definitely agree Go ahead, I'm sorry. I think we have a caller, and they've been holding for a second. Let me see if they're a true caller or if they're someone that wants to play games. We'll see when we answer the call. Hello, caller. You're live on air with our guest, Richard Lynch, with myself. Yes. How are you? I'm doing better, thank you. Good. Did you have a question for Richard? Well, I did have a question. I just want to tell him how much I miss him, him and Donna. And I love him. Oh, Lord, I listen to all his music. He is so good. And I said from oh, the beginning, he's you. going to climb that ladder. Hey, this is Carol, Richard. I miss you Hi, guys Carol. so much. I, I, I've been laid up for a few months here, but I'm starting to walk pretty good now. And my first stop, the first place I go, will be at your place. I miss you guys so much. Well, I was bless looking your through heart. some Thank pictures the other that. day. And the other day, I was um, looking I, through pictures and I found one of us and me and you, and Donna, when I was in Nashville to see Leona, and you guys were uh-huh. standing right behind me, <laughs> and we took pictures. And 
It tickled me to death to see them, you know. My me and my girls love it there. They have the best time. And I feel well, terrible I just li- so many wonderful shows. Oh my goodness. For all the listeners that's wondering what you're talking about, she's making reference to uh, our farm. We have a uh, a country music venue, a big barn that we built on our farm, and, and six times a year we bring traditional country artists once a month, June through October. And uh, we just had uh, Miss Penny Gilly with us from down in Texas uh, last Saturday night, and, and that's what she's making reference to, how she enjoys coming to the farm and and listening to our, uh, listening, you know, to our music and enjoying the farm and the music on the farm. And it's a real welcoming, warm place, that much I can tell you. I think I'm speaking for you there, Carol, ain't I? <laughs> you are. It's a and, beautiful and, place. And, Richard, since we're talking about the farm, the benefit, one of the benefits that you do is for the Love Tattoo Foundation. Is Am I right in that assumption? You are yes. certainly yes. right. and. That's a that's an organization that me and my wife started just for, out of love and respect for our military men and women who do so much for our country, and that's just our little way of giving back and uh, and supporting something certainly worthwhile. Tell, well, and tell Yvonne, folks, speaking of farms, isn't this the first night that we've had a caller? It is. It is. She is. So she thank is you so much for. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, even sure I could yeah. do this, but I thought, well, maybe. That I get to no, talk to him for a so second or two. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm actually, I'm actually really happy because I, you know, um, Yvonne and I talked about this uh, maybe a week or two ago. I think I just brought it up off 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 cuff. I was like, you know, we have a call in phone number. Why doesn't our listeners call in? She's like, well, they'll call when they want to call. So I really appreciate you calling tonight. And uh, well, you know, I've seen this uh, with interviews before, and I didn't know how to do it. So I always miss him every time. And I thought, oh, my goodness, let this work. And it did. Yeah, no, it was so I, good I, talking to you, buddy. And I love you and Donna to death. And uh, I hope to get down him real soon again. And uh, I tell everybody well, we about you. the place. We love well, you too you, here. Carol. Me and my girls do so much. And, hey, I'm <laughs> no, so we, happy to see Chubby there so much. I, I love my Chubby. <laughs> Thank I'm you, really glad he's there. Like you definitely brought some some spice to the conversation. Like you made me excited that you called. So thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> thank you so much for putting me through. You're quite welcome, Bye, sweetheart. Bye, Carol. Bye, Get better. Bye, bye. Okay, honey. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the first of of what we hope are many more call-ins on this show. The call-in number is on the show, and this. This is just one person of the the fan base that Richard has garnered over the years, and she's she's not kidding when she talks about what a humble and genti- gentleman and genteel man Richard Lynch is, and that comes through his music. And Richard, tell the folks what the Love Tattoo Foundation does, because I know it helps the veterans, but in what way? What would make someone want to give to this foundation? Well, it's a place that we, the Love Tattoo Foundation is dedicated to a place in northern Michigan called uh, the Will Win Lodge. And it's a 1,200-acre facility with a 60-acre lake 
and it's dedicated to the men and women who have served our country with one thing in mind, to where they have a place to go to get some R&R, and they can speak with a psychologist or if they need to speak with someone that has a medical situation. Um, but there's a place that exists for these men and women, and ultimately we, we lose way too many service, mem- service members to suicide. And we just make aware that there's a place that they can go to if they reach that point where they think they want to commit that awful, heinous, you know, situation. But there's a place that has help for them and, uh, called the Wilwyn Lodge, like I said, in northern Michigan. And any and all service members from World War II to today in any state in our nation is welcome there. So we do our best to make awareness of it because we want to make sure that these folks who have done so much for us has a place to reach out to for some help. Hey Yvonne, so you know I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna cut you off because you know he said the magic words, right? You know what yeah. he said, right? Yeah, I know exactly what he, what said. he said. You, you said Northern Michigan, that. Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hey, I really appreciate you doing that and that's that sounds great. We're in northern Michigan. Do you know the city? Called Custer and it's a little community there and it the the biggest town would be Livingston. Um, which is right yep. on the lake in northern yep. Michigan there. But it's probably, oh, a half hour or so from from Livingston, uh, Michigan. And like I say, the, the facility is amazing. It's got beautiful bunks. It's got a medical facility. It's got recreation. It's got quad runners and fishing and just something that, you know, that uh, our veterans can get away for a week or 10 days and put all their problems aside and focus on them and their spouse or them and their family. And, yeah. um, you know, if we save one, we've, we've accomplished it. But I, I know for sure we've saved a whole lot more than that. And when I say we, I don't mean me at all. I mean the facility has saved it. And there's nothing more gratifying than to have a, you know, we do a concert up there once a year and raise money and awareness for these folks. But there's nothing more gratifying to me than, to have a, a soldier walk up to me and, and, and thank me for what I've done. And, and I quickly correct them because, you know, what I do is very minuscule and very small. I, I right, sure, right away tell them we're doing this because we need to thank you guys and gals. You're the reason for this whole situation. So I, I'm appreciative of their gratefulness, but we, we correct them quite a way and let them know that they're the reason why they're, we're all thankful because of what they've done. I hope I hope I didn't sound too superficial. Yvonne knows how much of a proud Michigander I am, and I know that a lot of my friends and family listen to the show as well. So I just had to do that little shout out. But we really do appreciate <laughs> that you do that. So and and if you know, it weren't, it's so bad because you know Yvonne says like you can take the girl out of what Georgia, but you yeah. can't take Georgia out the girl. Yeah, well I guess you can't take the Michigan out of the guy either because every time I hear Michigan, I'm like ooh. That's me. I love it. <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, I appreciate we're you putting that on. And... We're fortunate to have a lot of fans around the country, and I would say Michigan would be uh, at least the second or third most uh, fan-based area in Michigan, and there's a lot of great country music fans up there, that's for sure. That makes and, my heart so happy. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an opportunity – if you have an opportunity, go on Richard's website 
and look up Love Tattoo Foundation and contribute because there are so many veterans out there that we lose daily. And until you've been on the front lines, until you, when, when Patton said war is hell, Patton was not kidding. Until you've been literally on the front lines and seen the, the mess that goes on and the hell that is created when men fight and kill each other, you can have absolutely no understanding of what these men and women bring back home with them. To watch your your comrade in arms, the, the men and women that watch your back and you watch their back fall and you stand, there is a source of survivor's guilt. And it's very hard to push through that. When you have to look at someone in the eye and take their life, there is a source of survivor's guilt. And you, you it's almost impossible to push through that. Richard, am I talking the right thing? I think you are. And and as importantly, it is. It's just uh, you know we just if we know someone that that uh, served and maybe are dealing with these stress issues or these problems in their life, just reassure them there's a place that exists for them that will ultimately help them. And uh, we just want to make sure that there is a place for them and make them aware of it. Absolutely. And with that, ladies and, uh, and gentlemen, oh. go, no, go ahead, Ian. I was going to say I, I really like that you brought that up, Mr. Lynch, because. You know, they think that uh, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, they didn't deploy or they didn't see combat, that they don't got scars too, and um, that that's a big misconception. Would you agree? Oh, I think you're right. And you know what I've discovered too with our soldiers is a lot of them um, they, they they expect nothing. They don't they don't want any handouts. They are they're very proud people. And um, you know when but when you do something for them and they realize that you're sincere. They're grateful beyond belief that they, people think enough of them to kind of share a moment or do something for them. And that's, I really believe that, uh, and I, I don't just say this, there's, there's not enough we can do. We can't do enough for them as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, go to the Love Tattoo Foundation. Tell your friends and neighbors. And if you are in Richard's area when he puts on one of his shows, Go to the show and contribute at the show because I can promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, I, again, his his manager, Matt Stover, sent me Richard's goodies. I get all these first-run songs a lot of times before anybody else because Michael, Michael's been my bud for a long time. So there was one, There's there's a couple more I want to play, but this next one, that I'm going to play, I understand very well because being raised in the old South, you didn't sit down to a meal unless you had cat head biscuits and they were made from scratch. And I still make them from scratch. So let's play this song. Richard knows. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest music artist, Richard Lynch with Cathead Biscuits. Cathead Biscuits, red eye gravy, down home cooking. That's how my mama raised me. Soup, beans, and cornbread, and wild mustard greens. Simple country living. 
That's what you get with me I remember Mama Holler Don't let the flies out For you kids born in a barn And I recall Mama's country words of wisdom We all knew When she laid down the law
They don't know what collard greens are. They don't know what homemade biscuits are. They don't know what real mac and cheese is. So, And they don't know what filled peas with snaps are. So I go to Jekyll Island to get good southern cooking, and I'm getting homesick. When I need to go home so I can get some good food. <laughs> well, I, I feel what you're saying. There's nothing better than good home cooked home cooked cooking right there. And even uh, even even if you're you know eight or eighty eight, you still love that good old cooking for sure. Oh yeah, I, and see, I only eat to live. But I this weekend, I think I almost ate to live to eat because I was enjoying good. And this stuff was made from scratch. This stuff wasn't out of a can. That's the real so deal. It, it was the real deal. I mean, when those collard greens melted <laughs> in your mouth, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. It'll get Taste much fun. better than that, Yvonne. No, 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 no. And see, I've, I've been cooking since I was five years old. My mama taught me how to make biscuits when I was a little bitty girl. So I've been I've been making biscuits for 65 years. <laughs> We're going to come see you. Okay, my daughter's always open. You come to my house, you get homemade biscuits and red-eyed gravy or homemade biscuits and sausage gravy and the works. You get spoiled. So come on down. Bless bless your heart. Thank you, Yvonne. You are quite welcome. Ian, weigh in, honey. I know your little wheels are turning in your head. No, y'all lost me on the southern cooking. (laughs) The the, the most southern that I get is, like, barbecue on my burger, and uh, that's about it. So y'all, oh. y'all started like y'all started going in a food coma, and I just let y'all just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we that's nothing we wrong with that either, there, Ian. <laughs> wait, 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 I, wait, I, wait. I, I got some good northern cooking food food comas. All right, some chilies and stews. Yeah. Oh man, mm-hmm. good stuff. Y- y'all got good that, stuff. but we got some stews and chilies that'll make you <laughs> definitely make you warm yeah. for the winter. Not wrong about that, man. You're not wrong about that. But the first time did I heard we, that song, go ahead, Ian. Did did we say where you were from originally? Uh, well, I live in a little town called Waynesville, Ohio, and that's only okay. about oh six six or eight miles north of where I grew up from in uh, Lebanon, Ohio. That but but okay, my I know Lebanon. Yeah, my dad is from Eastern Kentucky. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, once a month, maybe more, we would spend our weekends driving down, he would say, down home. And uh, that's where a lot of the good southern cooking and my aunts cooking everything and and uh, me, me reminiscing on those wonderful folks down there, down home. Because, um, you know, when they ate down there, they didn't have necessarily restaurants and they sure didn't have Walmarts or anything like that back then. And. And so that was a wonderful way of uh, growing up and eating those great, uh, great foods that they all made and prepared. And, and the thing is, when when you went, it didn't matter if you were north or south of home. You always went down home. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, you know, I can still see my my aunts and my uncles and nephews and cousins and everything running in them hillsides down there. We used to have so much fun growing up and going down them hillsides of Kentucky. Is What a great memory. Well, that that song within itself just, when I first heard that song, I was transported back in time. My, my mother's mother and my father's mother, they lived a mile from each other on the same road. So if I wasn't at one, I was at the other. 
and it didn't matter which house I was I was visiting in the summer. I stayed there all summer. It, like you said, there was no Walmart, so were no restaurants. So there was always, and my my mother's mother had a garden every year, and I worked it when I went. You didn't go to her house unless you worked the garden. So I worked, learned how to do a garden at a very young age and then went down to my other grandmother's house and they raised their own meat and, and plus the garden. So you, I got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. You did. You're very fortunate. I was because I got good food any, any way I went. And I grew up on filled peas and snaps and cathead biscuits and red eye gravy. <laughs> Ian's like, what in the world are they talking about? <laughs> he, he, he ain't had good food till he comes south and has some good southern cooking, I'm going to tell you. We're going and, and to have to change his way. I, I am. I'm just sitting here listening to y'all. I'm, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I told Yvonne, sometimes the best thing for me to do is just to sit back and let the magic happen, and I fully accept that. But I swear to God, you say Northern Michigan again, you're going to just resurrect me from the dead, all right? Like, I'll jump in here and be like, Yvonne, sit down. No, this is me right here. No. I, you know, and honestly, um, I think I said that a little while ago at one of the shows. And, again, I'm sorry I keep stealing the spotlight from you. Just that sometimes being um, just quiet. And just listening and just all of that. I think that's kind of a lost art. Would you agree that that might be something that you uh, have in your music too, that just listening to people's stories, just letting them talk, does that kind of help you formulate songs and, and do all that? How old are you, Ian? <laughs> May I ask? <laughs> uh, well, I think the end of my life, a.k.a. 30, is uh, right around the corner. So how's that? Well, I can tell you one thing. You're you're a lot wiser than your age because what you just said right there reflects an old soul who has listened and learned. You're going to be fine in life, Ian. I promise you there, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yes, just trying sir. to get by day by day, man. That's all I'm doing. I, doing I do great. what I do, and I go home, and I don't expect much. So I, I appreciate those kind words, though. You want you you earned them, my friend. You earned them. Richard, let me ask you a question, darling. Are you still doing your TV show on um, WSTR Star sixty four in Cincinnati? Uh, no, and the reason why when COVID set in, we had we had only we had a full season of thirteen shows recorded, with one more in our which 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 was going to be the volume two or the season two. So we had to shut everything down and therefore we didn't have enough material to air for our second season. Now, um, we just recorded last Saturday night and we have a couple more uh, uh, shows that we have recorded. So we have intentions at some point to reprogram um, and re, you know, air um, the traditionally Lynch TV show. Uh, but like I say, we're just a little short of having enough. We need 13 episodes for a full season, and we're not quite there yet. Well, I think you need to get it back up and running because I was watching some of those episodes, and I was saying I wish they were here in Florida because that would be a good thing. Well, you know, we appreciate that. A lot of a lot of folks um, contacted us and reached out to us when it went off the air how much they missed uh, seeing that music on there, and we certainly enjoy and appreciate hearing those kind words and maybe in the near future we'll be able to revisit that again but like i say when covid 
set in. It, it, I mean, it changed a whole lot of musicians and a whole lot of things. Which went, you know, went straight to you know where because it, yeah, you know, we just couldn't get out and perform and do things like we had. And and ladies and gentlemen, this is what a lot of you didn't wrap your head around is when the year of insanity and stupidity fell upon us like crazy rain. It not only hurt the the people in your family and the people in your area, it hurt artists. It hurt these independent artists as well as traditional artists because they make their living standing in front of you and performing. And when they cannot stand in front of you and perform and promote their work, it's like they've just fallen off the face of the earth. And Richard's television show was remissant of the old Grand Ole Opry shows. I was watching that, and I'm thinking, I've just stepped back to the late 50s, early 60s. <laughs> well, I think you're right. You... Go ahead, Mr. Lynch, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tack on at the end. Well, I was just saying, you know, it, the, the, the television show uh, that we recorded was filmed at our right at our vicinity at our farm. And our lo- on location with um, with the guests that we would bring up, and um, we we took a lot of pride in it. Um, we we did it, you know, spontaneous. We didn't do it with, you know, with absolute precision. You might hear a a, a, a sour note every now and then, or you might hear a mistake, but that was a live uh, a live recorded uh, tele- a live recorded show. And people people understood it was real, and they connected with it because we didn't we didn't polish everything. It was it was a real, honest to goodness show being aired thirteen different times, and so so it made you could feel the sincerity about it and how real it was. Well, and that's Go actually ahead, what I was going to bring up is that Yvonne, you know, yes, it was the year of what you'd like to call it, but there are a lot of things that that year also showed us, and if that year didn't happen. Mr. Lynch wouldn't have what he had. And so I, while I agree with you, I definitely hate the time that we've been in. I I still, you know, show after show when we talk about it, I have to bring up the positives that came out of it too. Yes. It wasn't all sunshine and roses, but you got to have the good with the bad. So um, that's just something that I always like to throw in there too. I I mean, if we didn't have this time, you wouldn't have done what you've done, you know? You know, you're exactly right. I, I spent um, a good bit of time writing new songs, and uh, as a matter of fact, there's six songs that we just recorded about three weeks ago that's going to be on our up-and-coming 2022 album. And, uh, you know, what you're saying is true, because if I was playing, you know, 130 nights or 135 nights a year, there's a good chance that I'm not going to even have time to sit down and and think about music and write that new song and get those songs recorded. So there was some some good that came out of the little downtime that we had, you know. And it makes well, you I, also it makes you appreciate how good things you when you, when our things good. It makes you appreciate how really good you have them out there too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And and that's kind of where I'm going at too. Is that like, you know, I, I know, but you know, it, it, it took a long time for me to. Uh, get to this point where I can find the good and stuff, even when it seems like there is no good. And so I, I always just like interjecting that and Yvonne will chain me up and, and whip me later and tell me that I was, <laughs> I was bad and she'll punish me, but that's okay. I'm I'm used to the whips from Yvonne. So. 
Hey, Eon, let me, let me tell you, if you have a positive outlook in life and you keep that positive outlook, you're going to be just fine because no matter what life oh, throws at you, not easy. you're going to be able to overcome it. <laughs> It's not easy, and Yvonne will tell you there's been many a conversation where I'm like, Yvonne, doom and gloom. She's like, now, honey, I swear to God, if you don't change your attitude, I'm going to find you and change it for you. I love you. Let's go do this show. That's funny. That's great. Well, you got to bring a little humor to it. Well, he. Richard, he's been a part of my life for about eight to ten years now. He's like one of my children, and I talk to him like I do one of my my blood children. I'm not going to treat him any different. And you know what? So, Ultimately, so. Ian Ian will learn a lot from you, and he and I guarantee he already has. And I, I would say oh, yeah. I would venture to say he has a whole lot of respect for you just because oh, yeah. you treated him like you do. And he's probably Man, scared she... to death of me, but that's okay. Well, that's all good. You know, you know the the fear just keeps me in line. But no, for real, like it, she didn't she didn't have to bring me on to co-host. So you you nailed it on the head, man. I am super appreciative of it, and you know it's always nice that um, her and I can work so well as a team. And I think the listeners like that too. That we have, um, how can I say it respectfully, more seasoned perspective, and there's. A more younger perspective of how things go, and you get both. You get the best yeah. of both worlds. I mean, nothing wrong it's with nice that. Nice that we can. Well, and even better. And Yvonne and I have said this, and I think that you would agree with your music and other things that Yvonne and I can have a dis. Uh, excuse me, a respectful discussion of differing opinions, and we can still be friends and co-host on Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think people See, can do that great. anymore. You know, and and do you feel like you have that with your music or your experiences now as a musician that, um, you know, if you have a differing opinion that y'all come to a resolution and keep making music and keep making art or because we've actually heard that a lot, that a lot of people don't really know how to come together to meet in the middle to say, hey, you think this way, I think that way about this song. Let's try to find mm-hmm that middle ground and it, and it, it, it mm-hmm. breaks up a bunch of people. How do you feel about that? Right. Have you experienced that? Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you and I'm, I'm not a fan of modern country music today. And I, and, but, but, and that being said, I respect the fact that they have a talent and I respect that they have an ability to perform and win an audience over. Having said all that, there are those folks that still love their country music in the in the in the sixties and in the nineteen seventies and eighties and nineties. They're wondering where their music has went. So by having all the new modern so called country that's created an awful lot of opportunities for me that maybe I would not have had had uh, you know, the more traditional music been mainstream. So in a way I guess I'm thankful because there's awful lot of folks out there that really clamor and hunger for that traditional sound, and that's kind of given me some 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 opportunities to perform and and play and record it. Maybe I wouldn't have had uh, any other way. So yeah, I, I certainly understand where you're coming from there. And and with that, I want to play this last song because it it resonates with what all three of us 
have just been talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another one of Richard Lynch's new songs. And no, you cannot go there now. You have to wait till after the show. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, country music artist, Richard Lynch. And this is his song, Grandpappy. I knew from the ripe old age of ten Eastern Kentucky folks was my kin I'd always heard about my grandpappy still How he rode his old gray mule over the hill He made his mountain dew where the sun didn't shine Packed the berry thicket in a Jackson County mine Grandpappy always was a man of his word He seldom talked aloud but he was always heard Folks down there came from miles around to have their mule shoot or their garden plow. Now he could make a fiddle scream when he picked up his bow, or set the strings on fire when he played his old banjo. He never asked a soul for anything. By the sweat of his brow, he raised his family. Supper on the porch, he loved to pick and sing. He was singing what he heard from the grand old opera. I know those days have come and gone. And through me, my grandpappy still lives on. One day I'll get to see my grandpappy again And I'll tell him he's the reason I'm the man I am So I'm gonna keep his fiddle and his old banjo Remember what he taught me as down through life I go My kind of people Eastern Kentucky folks Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush. And that was our guest tonight, country music artist Richard Lynch with Grandpappy. And Richard, as I'm listening to this song, another thing that endears me to your music, which I have missed so much in, in the newer music today, beginning with the late 90s, is the band does not outplay the singer. (laughs) 
Well, you mean you can hear the the, the music, you can hear the lyrics when you listen to the song? Is that what you mean? Ab- <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is so refreshing to be able to listen to the lyrics, get them imprinted in my mind, and if I want to at a later date, sing along with them and not have to wonder yeah. what I'm singing. <laughs> I make up the words. Well, thank you, Yvonne. I, I certainly appreciate hearing that. I I certainly enjoy performing and writing songs and getting them, getting them in the studio and when it comes across where you're, they're legible and they're understandable and people connect with them, uh, that's quite uh, – and when people connect with them, that's quite a flattering statement, you know what I mean? Well, tell us about that song. I know that's from your down-home roots, as we say, and I know there's history in that. So what brought that song to fruition? What, what makes that song special that somebody could relate to besides me and you? Because I understand that song perfectly. Well, we, we mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, I got a lot of Eastern Kentucky roots, and um, it wasn't that long ago, we were, I was down in Kentucky visiting my great aunt, and she was telling me different stories about my grandpa and my dad, and how they did this, and they made their moonshine, and they, and grandpa, mule, uh, you know, shoot horses and mules, and made wagon parts, and he was a blacksmith, and he's telling me, she's telling me all these wonderful things that I'd heard about my grandpa, but didn't really know for sure, and uh, you know, I, I got home and I had that on my mind, and I just sat down. And I thought, you know, I knew at the ripe old age of ten, Eastern Kentucky folks was my kin, and I just started writing that song. And I, I put all those little ideas and those little conversations with me and my great aunt that we had just had, and the song just came to me. I just I'm thankful that it did. Well, that's and and what it to me. When I hear that song, especially after what you just told me, that has now become part of your family history. So when those voices are no longer around to tell those stories, the story is still there. You know, I didn't really think about that, but I, you're right. I mean, that can uh, that can be a legacy handed down to my daughter. And my and I got some, I got three beautiful granddaughters now, and they could uh, they could kind of hear that and say, hey. I know what he's talking about now. <laughs> exactly. And Yvonne, uh, you know what's scary? No, you what? <laughs> I told you, Mr. Lynn, <laughs> that we, we do this. We, we brain meld and we, we connect. Scary is, you know what other legacy that we just did for Mr. Lynch is that we're at the five-minute mark. Exactly. And I was just going to say that. That's what you're going to say, too. Yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Lynch, you see why he's called off the chain. <laughs> it has been great to, learn, to listen to you and have a conversation with you, young man. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Oh, well, you know what? Let's let's link up and let's keep in touch. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now on uh, October the 30th, November the 5th through the 8th, and November the 27th are the three play dates where you can go and see Richard. Richard, tell those folks where you're going to be on those dates. Well, October 30th will be a Halloween uh, party that we will be performing at in Germantown, Ohio, uh, at a place called Rex Patrick's facility. It's right in downtown Germantown, and uh, we look forward to playing over there. We have a wonderful crowd. Everybody dresses up, and this has a good time. And um, the... uh, the November 5th date, if my memory is correct, 
we would be playing an awesome casino way down in Campbell's, uh, Campbellsville, Kentucky. It's not too far from the Tennessee state line. We've been asked to perform down there at this beautiful new casino, and uh, that just tells me that people really want to hear that good old country music, and we're going to do our part to bring it to them. And uh, you just said another date just then, and what was, what was that last November date November 27th. November 27th. Uh, November 27th, we'll be, we'll be back at the, uh, the Rex Patrick uh, show again just for a, uh, just for a final uh, show uh, uh, for the year and uh, before, you know, all the holidays kicks in and everything. That'll be our final, our final show for the year there locally, um, and that's once again in Germantown. So we have basically three regional dates in between Ohio and Kentucky that we're doing between now and New Year's. And uh, we've been very fortunate. We've done 48 dates this show, this year, 48 shows this year, I should say. And and from last year, you know, we only had 12, so it's on the right track. <laughs> Getting back up. And uh, but you know, we we're very fortunate. We love the fact that we can get to see our fans and meet new fans and shake our our fans' hands, and ultimately, our fans become our friends and family. And that's just how it is with country music. You know, exactly. we've had people tell us, hey, Richard, you know, we, we've seen you playing here and here, and we, we've set aside a vacation day to go see you play in Tennessee or go see you play in Texas or go see you play wherever. And that's about a, a ultimate uh, flattery as I can possibly think of, someone to think that much of you to come see me. So I want to thank all our listeners for, for sharing their love of music and coming supporting us. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, Robert Wagner will be with us. He is another artist that Michael Stover sent me, and this is the first time we will have him on the show. And you heard Richard say that he was writing some new songs. Well, he has agreed to come back and launch that new album and on this show next year once he gets it completed. I am so honored and so grateful. And, Richard, once again, you you make my night when you come on this show. I am just tickled to death that you agreed to spend an hour with us tonight and, and have fun with us because you're always such a pleasure. And, and, of course, your music is just iconic. Same. Well, same. once again, I, Elon, I really thank you it. and Ian both for having me. It's a, it's a joy and a pleasure to be on your airwaves, and I know we'll cross paths again somewhere. Of course. Remember, <laughs> I did say – I'm going to take you up on that – and, and, I want to take you up on those cathead biscuits and red-eye gravy, too. You got it. It's a date. <laughs> it, I, it's a date. I am committed to uh, that. Ladies and gentlemen, and another thing, Richard has been nominated for a Grammy for one of his songs. So let's keep the, the good vibes going out because I would love to see him receive that Grammy. I told him years ago that he would go places when he first came on the show, and I watched him grow and I watched his songs climb up that ladder I am so proud of him and so proud that I can call him friend that and so honored that I can call him friend so ladies and gentlemen keep supporting him go to his website download his music spread the word and Richard once this thing goes into archives you know I'm going to put it on your page oh thank you guys it was a joy to be with y'all and until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you to my co-host, Ian Bush, and to my guest, country music artist, and I can't talk anymore tonight, Richard Lynch. I am Yvonne Mason, and this is Off the Chain, and we want to bid you all a good evening. Stay safe out there and go and buy Richard's music. Richard, I will be talking to you later, my friend. Thanks again. 
Good night, all. Good night, y'all. Good night, everyone. Good night.